I think um, by the end of this series, you are going to be so tired of seeing Hebrews 6, 1 flash on your screen. But this is the milk. Last week was a bit nitpicky, I realized that. It wasn't purposely nitpicky, but it was purposely vague, because we're bringing it home this week as we talk about faith toward God. Not belief in, not faith in, faith on God, faith toward God. And we began that last week. What is faith on God? It is the confident belief that God rewards righteousness, punishes sin, will keep every promise he has made, redemption, salvation, kingdom, resurrection, but there's a problem. There's a problem with that definition because we are studying the elementary doctrine, the elementary principles of Messiah. Those things that I just told you, all of Judaism believes those things. All of Judaism believes those, and yet they do not necessarily believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. So there's a little bit of a, there's a, little bit of a conflict here. Those beliefs that God will do all those things, that is not unique in Jewish thought. And especially in the days of Yeshua, more Jews then would have believed all those things than Jews do now. I mean, we have a large percentage of American Jewry who does not believe in a Messiah, doesn't believe in a Messianic age. I mean, there's just a pretty significant shift in that belief. But at that time when Yeshua was preaching and teaching, all of Judaism basically scratched the Sadducees from the equation. They don't really count. So if these are Messiah's principles, faith toward God, it doesn't even say anything about Jesus. It doesn't say anything there in faith toward God about the Messiah. Faith in God. Well, the traditional answer, the traditional sort of Protestant, evangelical, maybe Christian answer would would retort, well, Jesus is God. And that's sort of too simplistic to say. Well, it's not simple at all to say that. It's actually incredibly difficult to, to, to look at all of that. But that answer is, is, is not enough. But, but where is the believe in Jesus, go to heaven elementary principle? That's, I mean, that's it, right? Where is that? It's not here. Faith toward God. Well, the truth of the matter, it is there. You just can't see it. Because 2,000 years have changed what you see. It's not in there the way that we've been taught to think, that, that, that going to heaven part. It's not about going to heaven. It's about faith that God, as we have spent a lot of time talking about, that faith that God is bringing heaven here. And through Messiah, he began that process. Here is once again the quote from Scott McKnight that I find incredibly valuable. It is unhistorical to see faith merely as some private sense of trust in God for personal redemption. He's speaking to the times of Yeshua. Faith for Yeshua meant what it did for Israel's prophets. Confidence in God's word. Confidence, it should be in God's word to the nation ushering in the fortunes of Israel and hope that his promises soon would materialize. 
That is it. In other words, faith, not in, faith that God would take the actions he promised to do. And that's my recap, actually, from last week. I don't need to say that. But this I do need to say. The difference between what all of Judaism believed and even what a lot of people believe today, it's not, it's not what we believe about God, but it is how, how we believe about God. And that may seem strange and a subtle difference, but just let me take us down that road today. There are two massively important components of that that we need to look at. Devout Jewish people who do not believe in Yeshua as the Messiah believe the same things about God that we believe, but they do not do so in the light of the revelation, teaching, death, and resurrection of Yeshua. They believe outside the light of that transforming from faith to faith experience that Paul talked about. These biblical beliefs, all of those things that we've talked about, those are biblical beliefs for a disciple. But how it's going to be done is the difference. Now, I cannot express the importance of this statement enough because here's what tends to happen. There is a fundamental question that comes up for so many people as they learn to see Yeshua, maybe in a little bit of a different light than what they have seen him prior. That question is, if if it's not about my personal salvation, if it's not about going to heaven, if that's not the, the ultimate thing, and we believe many of the same things that traditional Jews do about what comes next, then why Jesus? What is the deal? I mean, why is this such a big deal? And this is, this we will find what God has laid out from the beginning to now. This is the ultimate shadow of the Messiah that I find in the Torah and in the entire story, the entire narrative. From Moses to Yeshua. Yeshua says this in John 14, believe in God, believe also in me. We've spent quite a bit of time talking about that, actually. But why? Why? Believe in God. Okay, got that. But believe in Yeshua. Why? Well, personal salvation. I mean, hang on. That's true, but hang on. What we have to realize is that the situation in which Yeshua found himself and all of the followers of Yeshua found themselves was a place that, in essence, they had been before. Do you know where that place might be? We're actually studying it in the Torah portion right now. It is called Mitzrayim, which means Egypt. In bondage, awaiting deliverance, crying out to God for redemption and rescue from enemies, from overlords, people that were, that were holding them down. 
And that is the slaves in Egypt at the Passover redemption. And on the other side of the seashore, as Israel had crossed through the sea and Egypt had not, keep this phrase in mind, keep this verse in mind. John 14, believe in God to believe also in me. On the other side of the Red Sea, this is what Exodus 14 says. We talked about it last week. Israel saw the great power the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they had faith in the Lord, and in who? In his servant, Moshe. So what? There's a lot of what. There's a lot of what. Let's go back to Egypt once more. God had done all of this. We know that he had done the miracles. We had, he had done the plagues. He had spoken to Moses. He'd done the burning bush. He'd done all of these miracles, these amazing things, and he was in charge of those. However, through whom on earth was God working? Avdo is the word in Hebrew. Moshe, his servant. So God goes to some pretty great lengths to establish Moses in the eyes of the people. Look at this, Exodus 19. And the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a, this is later, this is Sinai. I will come to you in a thick cloud in order that the people may hear when I speak with you. Why? Why? To trust in the servant ever after. That's weird. God established Moses, his servant, that all of Israel would trust in him forever after. Have you paid attention to that? Why did he make such a fanfare so that they would believe Moses? Because Moses was a big deal. Moses was supposed to be the entry point into where? Where was he leading them? Out of Egypt into the promised land. And if you didn't get behind the servant, if you didn't have faith in Moses, if you didn't go where he led, guess where you didn't go? Now, it didn't actually work out that way because of Israel. Joshua led them in and all those things, but this was the plan. The servant was exalted, which is a strange consideration when you look at Torah and think of this. Moses was the first redeemer. This is a well-established argument and idea in traditional Judaism. Who is the last redeemer? Messiah, according to Judaism. So we have a direct correlation between Moses, the first redeemer, and Yeshua, the last redeemer. And Israel saw Moses work and said, we believe in God and we believe in you. And what does Yeshua tell us to do? Believe in God and believe in me in that order. That's important. So that they will believe in you forever. reading from a commentary called Shadows of the Messiah. Moses was to become the mediator of the covenant between God and Israel and the vessel through whom God revealed himself to Israel. 
Moses facilitated the revelation of the Lord and taught the Torah to the people. In the final redemption, the Messiah will take up the role of Moses as mediator of the new covenant and the source of revelation through whom God will reveal himself to humanity. He will reveal his father to us and teach the Torah to the nations. Moses first, servant. Yeshua second, final, ultimate, servant, redeemer. They were both mediators of a covenant. And so I ask you, is it any wonder then that Yeshua came performing miracles, signs and wonders for the people, preaching a message of reconciliation, of returning to God to establish the kingdom of heaven? Is it any wonder that God would fill him to overflowing with the Ruach HaKodesh? Hmm, that sounds familiar. Moses, they actually took some of the spirit that was upon Moses and gave it to his elders. Golly, that sounds familiar. And that the people would fear God, that they would have faith in his servant, Yeshua Avdo, God's servant, his servant. And Yeshua says this, and he often returned to this idea, listen, if, you don't, if I do not perform the deeds of my Father, don't believe me. But if I do them, even if you do not believe me, believe the deeds so that you come to know and understand that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. What is he saying? I've got a plan. We're going somewhere. You've got to be with the Father and you've got to be with me. I've demonstrated the authority that God has given me. Such an interesting, uh, interesting thing. Even if you don't believe, even if you don't believe in me, believe in the miracles that God is doing through me. Believe in God. Have faith in God. See that he's accomplishing all that he said he would through me. First redeemer, second redeemer. Yeshua never distanced himself from Moses. Never. They are tied through Israel's history with the strongest bond that Hashem could craft. He aligned himself. In a sense, in a sense, Yeshua fulfilled Moses, which is what the ultimate redeemer should do, right? But to believe in Jesus, to believe in Yeshua is not just that. It is to believe that Yeshua is that chosen and final redeemer. This separates us as messianic disciples of Yeshua from every other school of thought that exists. We believe that Yeshua. Why? Because we believe that God. We have faith that this is the plan. And it is for us to know him, as I described last week when I was talking about Dave Hazen, to know him, to know his attributes. Not that he existed, not some psychology of thinking, but a real knowledge and acceptance of God's plan being revealed through him, right? To believe in Jesus, 
meant to set one's hope for Israel's salvation on God, believe in God, as he was speaking through Jesus. Believe also in me. And the very same revelation that we saw Israel have at the seashore when they passed through, uh, through and Egypt lay dead on the shore, everything that God said was going to happen had happened and Moses was doing it. God was appointed him and made them believe in him forever. He should be followed. He should be obeyed. And Moses brought about a redemption, but it was not permanent. Yeshua brought it home. Yeshua delivered. He closed the deal. He finalized the contract, even though we're not in there yet. He did it. And for the disciples, you see, they knew, they could clearly see that this is the one who Moses spoke of. He's the one coming after. He's the one who's going to complete me, to borrow some Jerry Maguire language. And for the disciples, after their experiences with Yeshua and seeing the servant, there was, there, particularly after he raised from the dead, which that's one Moses didn't quite pull off as far as we know. The disciples, they could never again speak of faith in God or faith in the promises of God apart from the faith in Yeshua. It was cemented that way. And you know something? He had ignited their faith and made it more real and more substantial than they ever, ever could have experienced. Yeshua did that. Now, I can speak to that personally as a Jewish believer. I have tried every way, guys, every way. Orthodox, conservative, reform, heathen, no God, nothing, just seeking my way in the world like the prodigal son. Not an atheist, but certainly a heathen. Christian, charismatic, Baptist, no Torah, no structure to a lot of structure, a lot of, quote, rules. I've tried everything. You know something? It is Yeshua that completes the package, just like it was supposed to be. Just like Moses was going to do, but didn't do. You see, John 1 says that, that law, Moses came with the law, but Jesus brought grace and truth. They both matter. They are the key players, and that's what John is saying. Faith in God is made up of believing in the servants, and I am not equating Moses and Yeshua. I don't want anyone to take that the wrong way. Judaism doesn't do that either. I certainly am not. Yeshua is the top. He is God's ultimate servant, and we know that. God wanted us to believe in him forever. If a person accepts all these things, all this stuff that elementary principles says, he must submit himself to give him over to this God. 
You must have faith at the things that God said. Faith requires repenting and renouncing sin because God punishes sin. It requires obedience and good works because, guess what? God rewards those things. No matter what Martin Luther said or anyone else who tried to tell you that by keeping Torah you're a legalist and God could care less about that. As a matter of fact, he hates you for it. That's not the truth. And yet, the elementary principle says, faith in God. And we must know what that means. And and we know that Yeshua has become inseparable from faith in God. And yet, he never proclaimed himself, did he, to be the, the end point, the goal, the telos of all of the world's adoration. Neither did Moses, neither did Yeshua. Philippians, have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Messiah Yeshua, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So, we're different. Forrest Gump always comes to mind. You boys, different, Miss Gump. We're different in a really good way. Really good way. Different than Judaism in that our definition of faith in God involves Yeshua as the key factor. And someone could say, but everything you've said, I think that, I mean, that, this, what is new about this? This is exactly what Christianity says. Not even close. And here's why. This is a great example. I'm reading a book I found in our library that's called Heresies. It's about that thick. It's written by a Harvard professor named Harold O.J. Brown, I think. O.J. didn't do it, but he did do this. He wrote this book. And, and this is what it says in the introduction of heresies. Christianity takes its name from its founder, or rather from what he was called, the Christ. Buddhism is also named for its founder, and non-Muslims often call Islam, this is a hard word, Mohammedanism. But while Buddhism and Islam are based primarily on the teaching of the Buddha and Muhammad, respectively, Christianity is based primarily on the person of Christ. Now look, the appeal of Protestant liberals, that they're bad, by the way. Protestant liberals, they're bad. To believe as Jesus believed, rather than to believe in Jesus, is a dramatic transformation of the fundamental nature of Christianity. I told you he's from Harvard. Let me explain it. That, believe as Jesus believed, that's bad. And that's not what Christianity is about. It's about believing in the person of Jesus. I'm in shock as I'm reading this. Not to believe what he taught? Not to believe what he believed? What? Of course we're supposed to believe what he believed. 
Part of the problem is that no one really knows what he believed because he's been plucked so far out of the Jewish concept that all of the things that we've talked about are lost and vanished. And it's all about Savannah said a prayer and she's going to heaven. Not to believe what he believed, not to, not to walk in his teachings, that's a huge part of the problem of not understanding the end times or the gospel or our very future. And that's where we differ. Disciples of Yeshua differ in the sense that our faith in God is hinged on the faith in Yeshua. But in the Messianic Jewish community, we're even different than that. Lance, you're different, son. Because we believe in the first and the second Redeemer, not on equivalent planes, but we understand that when John says you brought, Moses brought the law, Yeshua brought grace and truth, and we'll talk more about that when we get into baptism, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. But that's what we believe. It's all connected from Moses to Yeshua and beyond. Moses isn't bad. The Torah isn't bad, and that's what Yeshua was teaching, and by Heaven's sakes, we should believe that. It's so much more than you believe in Jesus died for your sins. You do? Good. Then you're going to heaven when you die. That was sort of Joel Osteen's thing from last week that we talked about. Friends, we believe if you said that prayer, you're going to heaven. Get a good church. Find somebody you like, and God's going to do great things. That was my Joel Osteen impression. <laughs> but I don't have his million-dollar smile, so I'm not doing that. The reality of what Yeshua lived and taught was so much more than points and prayers and creeds and dogmas. It was, it was even more than what we believed in God, but how we believed in God and what he was going to do. Sam sent me this from Dr. Baruch Levine. I thought this, summarizing it all. We're almost done. You ready? Almost done. Last week we talked about it's not enough to believe in. That all of Egypt believed in God. It was when Israel knew God and knew that he was faithful to his promises. And now we've seen through his servant. Listen to what Dr. Uh, Baruch Corman says. I said Baruch Levine, that's somebody else. Baruch Corman. Yeshua scolded Thomas for having to see with his eyes in order to believe. Yeshua also stated that those who come to faith because of seeing are not blessed in the same manner as those who did not see yet believed. That's in John 20. One needs to remember, listen to this. Think back to last week if you can remember anything I said. One needs to remember that in the millennial kingdom, Yeshua will be physically present. He will be ruling from the Holy of Holies in Jerusalem. From one, for one to ask another, do you believe in Yeshua? Is in a sense a meaningless question because every eye will see him. The one who disobeys, violates the Torah, will meet the discipline of his rod of iron. The question in the millennium is not, do you believe in Yeshua? That is, does that he exist or that he is the Lord's anointed? Why are these questions no longer relevant? The answer is because Yeshua is there. 
His, he is the king and his rule is not a matter of debate. The question rather is this, are you going to obey him? Faith in the millennial kingdom will be displayed through following the framework which the Torah contains. That's a given. Obedience, relationship, confidence, trusting that everything he said was going to be done. And how was it going to be done? Just like it was in Exodus 19. Just like it is in John 14. Believe in God. Have faith in God. Have faith toward God that his plan will be revealed. Believe in me. Have faith that I am the servant. And Yeshua concludes John 14 by saying this. And now I have told you this before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe in me. That is the resurrection. When you see this, God is doing this, that you would put all of your faith in him, that through me, we're going to the kingdom. It's not just believing in Yeshua. It's believing that. Believing that. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So... Now, we have spoken a lot about faith toward God. It is so much more than believing in. So let us now press on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Believe in God. Believe also in me. We've got two elementary principles now. Next week, we move into number three. And I'm excited about it because we're all going to come out cleaner on the other side. Instructions about washings coming up. Shabbat Shalom. Let's stand together. We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MakinMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.